Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to another Spartan 160 EN podcast. This is podcast number 42. Um, and uh, it's it's set to be another good one. Uh, I'm joined by my two good friends here. Uh, Steph. Steph, how you doing, bro? I'm doing great, man. I couldn't be better, you know, doing the podcast with my two favorite people. And Spartan hey. is looking good, so I'm doing good. Hey, don't don't tell your wife that we're your two favorite people. Hey, she might get jealous. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and um, obviously joined by Chris too. Chris, how you doing, bro? I'm doing good, man. Uh, looking forward to it. Uh, another uh, another good win. Uh, you know, not the easiest circumstances, uh, but uh, we got the job done. So uh, excited. Yeah, agreed. And uh, uh, yeah, let's let's just jump right into it. Uh, Sporting beat Desportivo de Javes uh, away um, 3-1 on uh, on Saturday, coming up against our old manager, Augusto Inácio. Um, and our starting 11 was as followed. We had Renan Ribeiro in net for about uh, three minutes. Uh, we had Stefan Ristovski, Kwach, Mathieu and Acuña in defense with Gudeli, Wendel and Bruno Fernandes in the midfield. Rafinha, Jovan Cabral also for about three minutes. And uh, on the wings, and uh, Luis Philippe up top. Uh, Steph, a crazy game. Typically, Spartan, not a, a very stressful game. Uh, what did you think of the game, bro? I think um, overall it was a good game by uh, Sporting. Uh, even though we're down by one man at minute number four, I believe. So for 90 something minutes. Um, and um, but the, the, we kept our composure. I didn't see Sporting freaking out, which was weird as fuck. Because I was like, "Oh my god, that's it, we doomed." But that was not the case. We actually accepted the men down pretty well. We just made a readjustment. The defense didn't change at all. We kept the same four four guys in defense. And then uh, it was uh, a fine adjustment by the midfield. And uh, we, we with that wonderful cross by Acuna, uh, when we made that play with uh, Bruno Fernandes and um, uh, Philippe Ruiz is proving everybody he is a great striker. Uh, now with his head, with a great header, delicious. And, uh, and then um, they tied the game on a penalty. By Luquinhas, he's fucking super fast, that kid. Um, that was a PK. And the red card to Renat was a red card as well. And I'm not saying this because we won the game. Because I said that way before to a few uh, friends of mine, Befikistas, admitting to them it was a PK and a red card. Um, and then, um, you know, another, another great goal by Brun Fernandes. And this time now he shows he's got skills with his head. Uh, amazing. Um, you know, and uh, we were in cruising altitude and and uh, I wasn't freaking out. Like I was watching the game and I was very relaxed. The Sporting gave me that feeling that we had the game under control. Um, I mean, second half, let the truth be said, uh, I've... Uh, did have more possession of the ball, but I think that's because we purposely dropped the lines and we we allowed them to be that way because um, we're down one man, so it requires more physical um, 
um, compromised by the whole team. And um, and that, I think that was the right call by Kaiser because, um, you know, c- containing uh, the, the, the pace of the game uh, at, that, at, at that time of the game was the proper thing to do. Um, so I, I don't think I've created a lot of chances of goal at all whatsoever. Uh, we could have actually scored four or five. I remember one clear one by Rafinha. I mean, that's what we pay him for. But he missed that goddamn goal. I got, you know, I was cursing him out because, damn, we pay you good money for plays like that. Score those goals. That was too easy. But he took too long to make a decision, and he gave uh, reaction time to the goalie uh, of Ops to react. And you can't miss those goals. Imagine if that was in the Tasa Portugal in Jamur. <laughs> if you miss the goal, we're going to eat him alive. So, yeah. you know, the 3-1 was actually kind of short for what we played. I would have, I would have said 4-1. And, you know, uh, I've had maybe a couple, you know, like lethal crosses. But that's it. Nothing. They didn't miss anything in front of the goal. Uh, uh, Salin gave me the I was about to say Renan but Salin gave me the uh, a lot of confidence I, I never thought oh Salin now the, our second goalie it's going to be messy and shaky that was not the case it was, it was actually very comfortable in uh, playing the role of uh, of our goalie of sporting goalie and and that's it I mean again Glenn Fernandes uh what can I say about that guy? He won another trophy. I think it's trophy number nine in Liga Nos. So he's going to be the MVP of Liga Nos for sure again this year. So if we sell him, I, I heard you guys in your last podcast. And by the way, shout, uh, shout out to both of you guys. You guys did great. And Thanks, uh, Steph. Yep. And uh, like Chris said, if we sell him for 70 million, it's not a bad deal. It's a pretty good deal. But I think we could sell him for more. And that's it. Yeah, yeah, agreed. And uh, Chris, how about you, dude? Yeah, um, obviously, uh, we're put in a difficult situation uh, almost immediately. Um, and you know, they definitely responded well. Uh, I thought that there were parts of the game that uh, Ovs were controlling the ball more. Uh, yeah, like Steph said, they didn't really create too many clear-cut opportunities. They had some shots some half chances, nothing really super crazy, um, but kind of building up maybe between minutes 30 and – so it was after the sporting goal. So we went up one nothing around like the 25th minute. Um, we were playing well, dominating them with 10 men. And then they kind of grew into the game more for about 10, 15 minutes. And then right before half, we scored off of that Matthew goal kind of uh, – uh, against the grain um, to go up uh, 2-1 again. Um, and, you know, I, I think that goal was a bit against the, the tide of the game because Avs had just scored the PK and they were kind of growing into the game more. Um, they were possessing the ball more. And obviously that Matthew goal was absolutely insane. That was literally some of the worst defending I've ever seen. Um, it was like a three-pronged fuck-up because that guy drops back to the post, um, playing everyone onside. 
no, and then the sporting players kind of advance because now this guy's now playing everyone on side because he's standing on the post. No one stays at their marks. Kawats has a free header, falls right to Wendell, who's wide open, completely shanks his shot right across the front of the goal where Matthew is also unmarked and just puts it away from like six yards out. So that guy plays everyone on side, and then they leave everyone unmarked, and we score. So hilariously bad. But, yeah, I mean, that goal was huge for us because if we go into half at 1-1 and then opening the second half, Avs was once again kind of on top of us again. The longer that game stayed 1-1, I think the way that Avs was playing, it could have gotten a bit hairy uh, down the stretch. Um, obviously, they were playing for the tie at that point to make it 2-2. Um, but if it was still 1-1, it would have been tough because we would have had to balance kind of looking for a winner and defending and not losing the lead. So I, I don't know, actually, what would have happened if that game stayed 1-1, you know, all the way until w- when it did, uh, when we scored again, like the 85th minute with Bruno Fernandes header. So, yeah, I mean, definitely uh, – Definitely, you know, it could have been a lot different of a story, especially if they went up 2-1. I mean, how do we respond with 10 men then? But thankfully, we don't have to worry about that scenario. Uh, it didn't happen. But, I mean, I didn't embarrass themselves. Inacio has them playing well. Uh, I think that they're going to survive. Um, they've kind of, you know, since he's taken charge, they've really turned it around. And, uh, I mean, they didn't embarrass themselves at all. But, I mean, at the same time, sporting really uh, – I mean, they showed that they were the superior team, even with 10 men. Um, it kind of reminded me when I was in, uh, in high school playing soccer, sometimes when we were scrimmaged the JV team, uh, the, JV, the, the JV coach would put, like, 15 players on the field just to kind of, like, even it out, like the varsity players versus the JV players. If it was 11-on-11, 11 11, we'd always smack them, like, 6 nothing. So they kind of had to just throw in more and more, more people. So it ended up being, like, 16-on-11 to make it, like, an even game. So, yeah, 10, 10 sporting players is equal to 11 OBS players. And, I mean, that's good to know that we're not just getting, you know, dominated by them just because we're down in men. It just shows that, you know, our quality is significantly better than theirs. Yeah, yeah, agreed. And, uh, yeah, um, we'll, we'll just dive right into the game stuff. Um, as we mentioned, you know, third minute, uh, you, know, a, a hor- you know, horrible start to the game. And then Sly tackles after, you know, a bit of confusion with uh, Matthew shielding the ball there. Um, who's at fault for that red card? Do you think it, it lies more with Renan that he shouldn't have slid there? Uh, it lies with um, Matthew because his experience should have done better in that situation. Um, you know, is it both of their fault? Uh, how do you see it, Steph? I think it's a, it's a lack of communication between uh, Matthew and uh, Renan. So to me, it's a 50-50. Um, I mean, in, 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 that, in that specific uh, uh, sample, example play, um, me as, as a center back, I would have kicked out the ball. I think he trusted Renan a little bit too much, too, too much hesitation between them two. Uh, so, yeah, it's a 50-50, huge lack of communication, uh, maybe because one is, uh, is Brazilian, the other one is French, and, uh, the language barrier, I have no clue. But, caralho, in Portuguese, a gente diz logo, é tua, caralho. <laughs> you know, nobody, yeah, exactly. you know. Or, uh, so, I blame both. Um, because Mathieu, in his mind, is like, oh, Renan's got it. And then, Renan, you could see, he's like, oh, Mathieu's got it. And then, 
Luquinho is, hey, he did what he was supposed to do as a forward. Um, as a very, very supersonic player. And uh, and then uh, Rene, he had to, uh, to make a foul. And that was a, the proper red card. Yeah, I mean, I'm not... I'm not even debating that. It was a bad card in Nekabola Conversa. And that's it. So it's both of them. I blame both. Yeah, agreed. And uh, Chris, my question to you on that play is, um, did, did in your opinion, of course, did Renan have to go down in that situation? Or do you think he, he could have done better by staying on his feet for a bit longer and, um, you know, maybe, you know, defending a bit? What do you think, uh, Chris? Well... I think that, you know, I mean, it sounds to me like Steph thinks it's more like 50-50 as far as the blame distribution. To me, I think it's, I think it's more Renan. I think it's probably like 70-30 Renan to Matthew. Because, I mean, I, I, Renan is sprinting off his goal line. So I'm assuming that the only reason Matthew is shielding the ball is because Matthew is yelling that he, he hasn't. Because if Matthew wanted to just open up his hips and kick it out of bounds, he could have. He had enough time to do that. So I'm assuming the reason he didn't is because Matthew, or I mean, Renan was yelling at him to, to leave it. And then Renan kind of hesitates as he gets to the ball and tries to like casually pick it up. And the guy gets his foot in there. I think if Renan just comes out and, and smothers the ball or sl and slides in there on it, he, he, he easily gets there because he's literally there first. He's just like in slow motion, like picking the ball up. It's like, there's a defender right there, dude. Just... Like, what are you doing? It's way too casual. And then, and then, and then obviously he panics and, and, um, and tries to, to win the ball with the slide. And it's like a terrible slide tackle completely doesn't get any of the ball. I mean, I mean, he doesn't, he doesn't get the man that much, but I mean, he gets, he nicks his ankle enough to, to take him down. I mean, he didn't, you know, clean him out or anything crazy. Um, but I mean, it's obviously foul. It's obviously a red card. Um, I'm glad that, you know, we didn't have to – I'm glad it wasn't, like, closer to being on the line so we're having the conversation of is he in the box or not because he was pretty clearly outside the box. But, yeah, I mean, Renan created the mess and then he completed the mess by fouling the guy. I mean, I don't necessarily think he had to slide there, but he, he, he was honestly just probably in, in, like, a panic at that point. So he, he, he just tried to slide in. Um but, I mean, at least if he maybe just gets his yeah, body uh, in front of him. Yeah, agreed, then... dude. And uh, so, sorry. Yeah, I mean, if he gets his body in front of him, then he can, like, maybe delay the guy enough. Even if he's the guy's still going to get across or something, and it allows people to track back and cover the goal, even if he's not going to win the ball. But if you go down, it's either you're getting it or you're not getting it. And, I mean, he could have easily completely missed the ball. But at that time, that guy is kind of being pushed away from the goal. So it's not like he has an easy finish, even if Renan, you know, puts him off enough that he takes his touch, like, more towards the goal line, you know? Yeah, exactly, dude. Sorry if I cut you off earlier. No, it's all good. It's been uh, a bit cutty here. Uh, but I think I'm, I'm back. Uh, Steph, my next question to you, uh, you sort of brought it up. Um, Luis Felipe is on fire. Um, when Baz Dost... If it comes back healthy um, this season, hopefully, I mean, he'll, he'll come back. Uh, do you think Luis Felipe has earned the starting spot and Bas Dost the spot on the bench, or, or what do you think? Uh, the, most definitely. Uh, I'm, a big, I'm a big believer in uh, if, if you're playing well, now you've earned your spot, now it's yours. 
So now Baz Darcy has to earn it. Uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. I like Baz Darcy. I've always liked him. And now Mueller's going to like him. Even if he leaves this summer, I ho hopefully he won't. Uh, but, you know, if they want to pay $20 million for this, this is what I uh, hear in the, in the uh, Portuguese media, then uh, I would sell him. Because how old is he now? 30-something? 30, uh, 30 He's 29. I think he's turning 30. He's yeah. turning 30, exactly. Yeah. So, so therefore, if he's turning 30 this summer, and if they want to offer $20 million, it's a no-brainer. You have to sell him. It's, that's buku money. Uh, you keep him for one more year, I don't think they will sell him for more than that. Uh, with that said, um, uh, I would only sell him if he gets the money. Uh, I don't know if it's wishful thinking, um, but I, I'm a huge fan of uh, Slim, Slimani as well. But not to go off the topic or your question, I would keep Luis Fleep most definitely. And um, he's on fire. Uh, he's been scoring goals. So if, if, I'm, the, if I'm the coach, I'll tell Baz Darcy, now you got to wait your turn because this guy is red hot. So let's say in the next game, the next game we'll play away in the Madeira against the Nacional. So I'm going to start with Luis Fleet, And if I see him struggling, then I'll give a chance to buy Dust. That's, that's how I would play it out. Fair enough. And uh, Chris, my question to you today uh, or about Luis Philippe is uh, what did you think of his overall performance? Uh, I mean, obviously he got the goal pretty early. And that's, I mean, you judge. I mean, I, I, it's easy to just judge strikers off of whether or not they score or not. So. If you have a completely horrible game, you're you're a black hole. You lose the ball every time, but you uh, you score a goal and you win one nothing. I mean, that, that's a good day's work at the end of the day. So I mean, I, I'm happy that he kept his scoring streak alive. But I mean, he wasn't he wasn't fantastic. It wasn't the best game that I've seen. But yeah, I mean, I, I agree with Steph. Uh, you, he's got the hot the hot hand, as they say. So you, you got to keep him in. But at the same time, you you got you you can keep him on a short leash. So yeah, you you play him. Um, and then if he's not having so good of a game, then uh, you can you can put it, you can take him out and put Baz Dost in. But I, I read today that Baz Dost is doubtful uh, again because it's a short turnaround. We play on Friday. Um, I read that he's doubtful again. So I mean, I, if, honestly, I don't know what's up. Uh, I think his injury is it's obviously more severe than we were initially led on to believe, I mean, was this the fourth straight game that he's going to miss? He's been out for a month. I mean, that's, that's not like a little, like my knee is sore. I mean, I think he, he might have something more serious. I mean, and at this point it's like, there's five games left. I mean, if he's out another month, he's out for the season, you know? So if we're going to shut him down, let's shut him down. Let's like, let's be like a little bit more transparent about what's going on and what, what the injury is. Um, because I mean, if he misses another game, it's like, damn, like something's seriously up. So at this, and then I think that if he's injured and he doesn't play again, I don't think that we sell him because I, I don't think that his performances this season, um, have kind of warranted that $20 million, you know, market valuation, maybe 15 to 20. It's still a, a tough ask for a guy who's been out of form and who's been hurt at the very beginning of the season. He was out for like a month and a half. And then if he finishes the season out for like two months, um, it's not, it's not, you know, great to capitalize uh, on his value. 
Um, so I don't even know if it would be smart to, to sell them for, you know, like eight mil at that point. It's like, is it even worth it? Um, so yeah, I mean, that's kind of my, my thoughts on the situation. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. And, uh, stuff. So in the 31st minute, um, another goalkeeper error, uh, we can say, and Salant gives away a, a cheap penalty in my opinion. Um, and they convert it, you know, it's one, one well struck, uh, from, from Abs. Uh, so credit to them. Uh, but now my question and, and a bunch of other Spartanistas' question for next week is, with Renan out, do you start Salin or, um, you know, do you maybe even take a risk on playing Luis Max? Uh, what do you think Kaiser's going to do and, and what would you prefer him to do? If it's not what you think he should do, you know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. Uh, you all over the place, buddy, but I know what you mean. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no, jokes aside. Um I would start Salah, uh, of course, because uh, Salah has more experience. Um, you could tell he doesn't freak out in um, in, the, in the in the in the stage of uh, uh, of uh, the competition being so high, and then it's so deep in the competition as well. This is we have five games left, if I'm not mistaken. Um, uh, Max Miano is not even being called as the third goalie. Um, he's, and which I understand why, because he's been playing for the sub-23. So they, they keep him uh, active. Um, but I would call Luis Maximiano as, as his backup, and I would start uh, Salah. Now, about the PK. Um, I don't, I don't uh, you know, it's easy to blame the goalie, uh, because the goalie is the one, uh, you know, making the PK. But if you look at the play from the get-go, our number six, Goodelt, again, he looked like the Statue of Liberty, didn't do much. Uh, we have to give credit to Lukinez. Lukinez is supersonic, he's super fast. But then, you see, because of Goodelt's not reacting, he was so fast that Kowats didn't have time to react. Um, so by the time... He, he got into the box, and then Salah saw him. Uh, he had touched the ball. The ball was, was going away from the goal, and that's why he didn't see a red card uh, or even a yellow card in, in that matter. And um, and then he fouled uh, Lukinic. He made that foul. So I don't think it's Salah's fault. It's more that why didn't we foul him on top of the box, meaning Goodell's. That was his job to, to stop him right there and then. It's better to, t- to take a direct kick than let a, a, such a, a fast player. This player is like a futsal player. He's good with small spaces. And he, he proved it. Uh, in a couple of plays in the counterattack, he almost killed us a couple of times. Um, but I don't blame Salah. I blame more good outs than anybody else. I, th- I don't think it's a surprise anyway. Um, but that's my take on it. Yeah, uh, fair enough. And then uh, just before we ended the half, uh, we scored from uh, from a, a goal from Mathieu off of Bruno Fernandes' free kick. Chris, my question to you is, uh, was it a well-worked goal or, or at least well good on, on awareness on our part? Um, or were Avs just poor? Because, uh, I mean, they sort of created a wall just as Bruno Fernandes was lining up the free kick. And then um, you see one of the guys run to the line. And then, I, you know, Bruno Fernandes loops a ball into the box. And then 
sort of a scramble. Wendell either goes for a shot or something, and it finds the back of the net through Mathieu. So again, do you think it was a well-worked goal, or uh, do you think it was just good? Yeah, uh, I, um, I really, I really don't think it's it's a good goal. I, I don't understand why Avs did that. I, I don't think that that was like strategic or they had practiced that or anything because no one had a clue what anyone was doing because that guy kind of drops into the post uh, at the last minute. Bruno Fernandes is like 40 yards out. He, I mean, unless he really has a, a world-class Puskas-worthy win, winning goal, I mean, he's, he's probably not even going to shoot. So I don't understand why they're doing that. And then as a result of that, all the sporting players – go forward, you know, inside the 18 because there's no offsides anymore, essentially. And no one stays with their marks. And then, uh, I mean, Kowatz is relatively free to win that header. And then, I mean, I really wanted Wendell to, you know, hit the target. It's, like, perfect. It's, like, bouncing a little bit so you can get some extra power from the half volley. He completely shanks the shot, and then it goes right across the face of the goal. And there's, like, three more sporting players unmarked. Uh, of which Matthew is one of them, and he easily tucks it away while that guy is still standing there on the post. So it, it was just I, – I don't understand why they did that. And uh, it, very questionable defending. Um, but uh, it was it was great to get a goal right before half, whether or not we fully deserved it or not, but happy about it. Uh, and good to see Matthew on the score shoot as well. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Um, and then in the in the second half, less really to talk about, um, there was a chance that uh, Rafinha was through on goal. Well worked from, from Wendell. Rafinha should have done better, but um, it was also a good save from the keeper. And then, of course, in the 83rd minute, Bruno Fernandes off a header, um, scores his 28th of the season, which surpassed uh, um, Frank Lampard's record uh, for goals in a European league or in a top European league. Uh, from a midfielder, Frank had uh, 27 goals. Bruno Fernandes now is 28. Um, so it's good to see Bruno Fernandes as always, you know, scoring a goal and um, now coming off of his head where it's normally his feet. So you know, showing he can really do it all, and hopefully that header <laughs> adds an extra five to ten million on that on that price uh, we're asking for at least. Um, but yeah, and then towards the 90th minute, um, Av does score a goal. But it is disallowed from uh, uh, a slap on Quatch from uh, one of the Avs players. Steph, my question to you is: Was it called? Was that a good call? Did the referee get that right, or do you think that maybe was a soft play and Avs should have uh, went up? Went, you know, not went up, but should have scored the the three two there. No, man. That's that's why the VAR exists. It's because of those kind of plays that the most likely the referees will. Uh, will miss because of the angle they are exposed on the field. And clearly, um, on, in, in that play, you could tell that the referee didn't see it at all because the angle, the view of his, uh, the, the angle view he had, he wouldn't allow him to see it. Uh, now the VAR, when you have uh, uh, a million cameras with different angles watching everything, um, it pays a dividend. Uh, in this case, it, it paid off for Sporting, but it could have been for Abs. But it, this time it was for Sporting. It was a proper call. It wasn't soft. It's, it's part of the evolution. And now, 
the coaches, they have a tougher job. They have to to uh, uh, tell their players, stop with this, these, these silly fouls, stop with diving, stop with, with stupid fouls, stop wasting time, stop saying it's not a corner, stop saying it's, it's not a handball. It doesn't matter anymore because now there's a VAR. So you're just wasting my time, you're wasting your time, you're wasting everybody's time with, with trying to play these silly games, that, which doesn't matter anymore. Uh, because the VAR will, will catch it, and, um, and and they might get a yellow card. They might get a red card. Look, look at the, the, the play from the last game. When our player got the red card, Litovsky, from the VAR, which we all agree shouldn't have been a red card anyway. I don't want to go back to that. But, you know, my take on it, 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 it was a proper call. I'm glad they canceled the goal because it was a foul. Uh, the midfielder from... Uh, from obviously, he should be more careful, and the same applies to sporting players. They have to be make more careful. Don't make those silly fouls. The VAR is here to stay in the present and the future. So now, the, the, the if 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 I'm a professional coach, now I'm telling my players, guys, we have to play differently now. Don't make these stupid fouls because it could bite us in the ass. And that's it. Yeah, sorry, Steph, I wasn't able to hear you. I think my internet is cutting off. Do you guys hear me all right? Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah, I can hear you now. Hello, hello? Yeah, yo, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yo, 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 yo. Okay. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. I okay. guess it's just a me problem then. Yeah. Um, anyways, uh, last question really of the game. Um, I'll ask both of you, but I'll start off with you, Chris. Um, the uh, In the third minute when we took off uh, Renat Ribeiro, um, we ended up being off Jovan Cabral. Um, unfortunately, to him for him, um, do you think that was the right call by by Kaiser, or do you hold, or were you looking for him to to switch off somebody else? What do you think, Chris? Uh, yeah, I mean it's definitely frustrating for Javan, I'm sure, because he finally got to start. Uh, I mean, you basically have to look at uh, you know, pretty much our attacking options when you're making a swap like that. Uh, I mean, unless they, he wanted to take off an outside back, um, but I, I, I don't, I don't see why he would have done that. It was too early in the game. Um, but yeah, I mean, so basically that leaves like Rafinha or Jovan, maybe Wendell as the potential options. And I thought Rafinha didn't really have a good game. It was one of the poor performances he's had. Um, sometimes he gets into like this mindset where he, he just kind of puts his head down and he just kind of like dribbles toward the end line and he ends up losing the ball, um, because he ends up attracting like three defenders and he's not really going anywhere. So it's just a bad situation. Um, so that's definitely like his one like weakness and he did it like four or five times this game. So I really didn't think it was Rafinha's best game, but I mean, there's really no way for Kaiser to know that in the fourth minute that Rafinha was going to have his worst game in like a month. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it makes sense. You take off the guy who, you know, isn't really the normal starter. Um, but, yeah, it's just unlucky for, for Jovan. Uh, uh, and, I mean, hopefully he gets to, to start um, the next game as well because uh, it doesn't look like Borja is going to be quite ready yet either. So, I mean, he can keep a at left back and kind of let Jovan play on the wing again. Yeah, yeah, dude, and um, 
that's really all. all uh, oh, sorry, Steph. And what, what did you think? Do you also think uh, Kaiser should have uh, – do you think it was the right call for, to sub off Jovan? What do you think, Steph? Uh, yes, uh, because um, he, he basically didn't want to touch the defense. He wanted to leave it intact, which that was the uh, the proper call. And uh, I know it sucks for Giovanni, but at least he, he, he knows deep inside that he did start the game. But because of the uh, how it played out, which is uh, out of the control of uh, Kaiser, um, he had to come out. So I don't think he feels better about it. Uh, maybe a little bit upset, but um, if if anything, I'm pretty sure he's going to start next game because uh, um, Borja is still hurt. Uh, I know he's feeling better, but also uh, Rafinha, uh, I believe is that's his fifth yellow card, so he's suspended for one game. So Giovanni's got a, a good shot of starting the next game against Nacional. Hey, Danny. Thank you, you're muted. Sorry, can, you, can you guys hear me now? Yeah. Yeah. I think hello, you're hello? muted. I think you're muted. No, I was switching, I was switching to my hotspot because my internet was acting funny, as usual. Uh, uh, but I hear you guys perfectly fine now. Uh, sorry about that, guys. It's all good. Um, and last question I really have for the game is uh, who's your guys' man of the match? Steph, I'll start it off with you. Can't say Bruno uh, Fernandes because he's the MVP of every game. <laughs> That's a good point. That's a good. You can say Bruno Fernandes if you really want to, but uh, like Chris said, he is the MVP of every game. So, <laughs> nah, no, I'm gonna say uh, uh, Mathieu. Mathieu, fair enough. How about you, Chris? Uh, I'm gonna say uh, Wendell. I thought he was. Uh, I thought mm. he had a pretty good game. Uh, he was pretty lethal, uh, switching uh, transition uh, attack, uh, defense to attack. Um, you know, he pretty much created that Rafinha one-on-one with a, with a keeper. Uh, he won the ball and dribbled like 50 yards with it and played a perfect, perfectly timed pass Rafinha and just kind of bottled it. Um, so, yeah, I, I thought Wendell, Wendell had a pretty good game. And, uh, yeah, I'm glad to see that he's, um, he's finally performing well because, I mean, I'm sure we might talk about it a bit later, but, uh, I mean, I was, I was reading through the, uh, the uh, sporting, you know, 200-page financial report. Um, and it's just kind of like a, uh, it's like a black hole. It's like when you get watching YouTube videos and you just end up in a black hole because you just kept keep clicking like suggested videos after you watch something and then you're just like right. sucked into a vortex of random shit. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I just kept like going through it and it's just like a vortex of random shit. And Wendell's like one of our top five transfers, uh, of all time. Um, yeah, so, it costs us like 8 million or something like that. Yeah, right? yeah, he, he, yeah. he's up there and actually... In the report, they even broke it down by like most. They did a section where it was like most expensive players relative to how much they've played. So it was yeah. like how much they cost per minute, basically. They broke it down to various things like per game, per minute. Um, and Wendell was at the top, like near the top of that list, um, because he was expensive and hadn't really played much until this season. And obviously, he didn't really play at all in the seasons before. So being at the top of the more expensive per minute list is not a place you want to be because mm. um, it means you cost a lot and you haven't played a lot. So I'm glad to see that he has completely like, you know, been great this season. And, you know, if they did that again this year, he wouldn't, he wouldn't even be on it, but 
Yeah, he got yeah. off that list, which is a place where you, you don't want to be. So, yeah, he really he's really proving his value. Yeah, for sure. I'd agree. I I liked Wendell too. I'm gonna I'm gonna say uh, Acuna just because uh, you know from from the third minute to the last, he was really working up and down the, that left flank, basically by himself. Um, I know Rafinha would sort of switch sides from here every now and again, but especially in that first half, he was going up and down that wing just by himself. And uh, um, I, I don't think we we Spartan just give enough credit to uh, Aquinga. I know he also pisses a, a lot of us off. Um, because he is a little hot-headed and he should learn by now how to calm down. Um, but uh, aside from that, I mean, he's been, I think, apart from Bruno Fernandes, he's probably been our, our second or third best player this season. Are you, um, fucking, are you I, kidding me? I, I, I love the guy. No, 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 for sure. I think we all love him. But I think uh, we also all hate on him a little bit for his, uh, his temper. You know, he throws temper tantrums on, uh, on the field sometimes. I think we can all agree on that. Bill Minster, he, was, he was towing the line. Yeah, exactly. He was towing, exactly. He was towing the line because he had a yellow card and yeah. he had a couple of fouls. And I was like, he's going to get sent off. But at this point, I, I understand them because it's like every other game or every single game, there's a call against them. And it's, it is ridiculous. He just has to laugh. Or yeah. He has to shout, you know? He, he, he had to bite his tongue a couple of times. Yes. Yes. Yeah. 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 Because you, want, you, wanted, you wanted to say something and you see him... Uh, saying something in Spanish and walking away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, but... But in Argentina, the, the way they play is more physical. In mm -hmm. Portugal, I blame the culture of the players. The players themselves, they don't help the referee. Uh, you know, blaming the referees, it's way too easy. Because some mm -hmm. players, you know, the, the slightest the touch is, they're falling apart, like o Merega do Porto. He's such a big guy, but as soon as he feels the contact, he falls like a, like a little pussy. And I hate <laughs> and I hate that about players. It's yeah, like, yeah. I mean, that's why the Premier League is above all the other leagues because it's so physical, and no one is trying to dig dig foul, ridiculous fouls like that. And when you have Portuguese players going to the Premier League, they struggle for a little while because the referees don't pay attention to them, and they they mostly get yellow cards. Uh, because they're diving all the time. So, Uzonis Psinas, if he went to the Premier League, he would be fucked. Just to mention a few, you know what I mean? Yeah, um, you know what I mean. From, <laughs> from that team specifically. Not to say certain names of a certain wonder kid that's tearing it up, but uh, <laughs> he's also a baby. But anyways, I digress. Chris, you brought up a really good point that I also wanted to get into um, about this audit that took place. Um I think you more than all of us, I'm not too sure about Steph though, but you really went in and did your research. Um, what did you think of the audit? Um, yeah, I, I definitely think um, the part that pissed me off the most is obviously the media is going to run with it and they're going to cherry pick mm -hmm. their details to, to suit their narrative of Bruno Carvalho bad. He's bad. So let me cherry pick some facts here to make, to you know, to 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 tell you to see, see he's bad. Here's you know one detail or you know four details or whatever. It's super super long and there's super super a lot of info in there. Uh, a lot of it's really interesting. Some of the the like uh, you know experiments that they ran are, are super interesting as well. Um, it's not just like facts. They they did experiments too as far as like researching other teams. You know how much they're paying their coaches, how much they're incoming revenue was and what percent of it that they're 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 um 
revenue is going to the coach. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's a lot of details in there that are super interesting. Um, you know, one, one in particular that really pissed me off, um, it actually is that, uh, same list that I was talking about as far as transfer fee and then how much they played to just kind of show the value that they had. And number one is Asbe Jug. I don't know if you guys remember him. He was a third string goalie, like maybe three years ago. He's a third yeah. string goalie. Between one like of the third. worst, one of the worst goalies I've ever seen put on a sporting jersey. Well, he only put it on one time, so he didn't and get it was to see horrible. Him that much. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was horrible. So yeah, they they it was actually on the cover of I think it was Ojogu on like their sporting part. It was like, you know, he, he cost four hundred thousand uh, euros and he and he played one game. So that was like to show that he was bad, and it's like. Yeah, I guess he was bad, but at the end of the day, $400,000 for a third-string goalie, it's not, like, a ridiculous sum of money. I mean, it's it's not like they spent six mil on him and he was terrible, or even if they spent, like, two mil on him and he, and he was terrible and never played. He wasn't brought here to play. He was brought here to be a backup goalie, and that's what he did, and he, he didn't – he was actually, like, a third-string goalie. Um so, I mean, what do you expect? Uh, you ha- they're not just, I mean, I guess some you can get on, on free deals, but you still have to pay, you know, their salary. So, it, it, like, that's just, like, a stupid detail that that's kind of taken out of context. Like, oh, we're, like, worst signing ever. It's like, if your worst signing ever is 400,000 euros, like, it, it's, not, it's not the end of the world, especially for, you know, a, a, reser- a reserve keeper. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's re- actually some of the other things I found really interesting were – just kind of the incoming and outcoming transfers. Uh, I mean, I, I didn't, I mean, I always knew that, you know, we're not spending exorbitant sums of money on players, but it really is pretty incredible that like the, like the 13, 14 season, 14, 15 season, like our most expensive transfers were like, none of them were over two mil. Like one of the summers, I think it was 13, 14, Slavchev was our most expensive transfer that summer, and he cost like 1.2 million. Uh, I think Ryan Gold also came that summer. He was like 1.5 like million, and it's like it, it honestly made me even more impressed by that 15-16 season where we we could have been champions because we really didn't spend that much money. Like we really didn't, and a lot of the players came from the academy, obviously. The, the main, you know, the main factors of that team were like Adrian, who, I mean, he wasn't necessarily homegrown from the Sporting Academy, but we bought him when he was young from Academica, and then he kind of he kind of got loaned out and stuff, and then he came into his own. João Mario, who did come from the Academy. Uh, Ruben Smith, who did come from the Academy. Reaper Patricio, who did come from the Academy. Mm-hmm. William. Slimani, who cost 300k, like that. Entire team revenue. That uh, how little investment and resources really went into it as far as transfer fees. Um, and yeah, I mean, Baz Dost is is number one. He was 11 mil. Wendell's up there with like eight mil. Um, you know, and even players that you you think that, you know, I remember we bought them like Rostovsky, he cost like two mil, you know, and he's like in the top 15 transfers of all time. And it, it just goes to show you that when we play in Europa League and stuff against these teams like Atletico Madrid, like 
they really do have like insane spending power over us. And the fact that we, we hang in there with the budget that we have and, and, you know, we produce a lot of players and we make good business. We buy players for one mil, then we sell them for 12. I mean, it's just really good, really good work overall. And I mean, the, the media is going to, you know, try to spin it. They'll cherry pick their facts. But I mean, I, I honestly left that kind of, you know, like, you know, impressed, if anything, because a lot was done with, with very little. And, you know, I, I think that there is something to be said for that. You can't just we're not, you know, you know, Chelsea, we're just going to drop 60 on some dude to sit on the bench. You know, it doesn't work like that. Yeah, exactly, dude. And uh, Steph, what about you? Quick thoughts on the uh, on the audit as well. Well, uh, Chrissy summed it up pretty well, and uh, I don't want to yeah. repeat everything he said. So, what is what he said was just spot on. the The only thing I'm going to add on is that uh, why does everybody need to know about our business? That's 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 the only thing that uh, that really bothers me. It's why, yeah, because now. You gave leverage to uh, Benfica and Porto, especially in these modalities. Now they know exactly how much we, we invested in futsal, in volleyball, in hockey patins. So now, if they want play player A, B, C, D, or E from the futsal team, from the uh, hockey patins team or volleyball team, they could make that offer. I, I, I don't see why. And then we have... Uh, we have Rogério saying, oh, I don't understand how this got out, but it did get out. And um, we, we, we like an open book. I hate that. Our business is our business. It should never come out. Uh, our president saying he doesn't know how it came out. To me, it's bullshit. They know exactly who, who let it out. And uh, everyone is playing Virgin Mary, and no one is Virgin Mary. And um, that's the only thing that really upset me is I, I, I don't see the science of letting the whole universe know our business. It's no one's fucking business. So you keep it to ourselves and, 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 and that's it. That got me really upset, really upset. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it was I think it was intentionally. I think, so I think it was intentionally leaked. Oh yeah, um, of course. And I think it was I think it was intentionally leaked for the purpose of gaining public support for cutting costs because they're going to make it seem like the sums that were spent were, you know, not necessary or, you know, just kind of justifying like all oh, these were like shitty transfers, so like we have to spend less or whatever. And yeah, I mean, it's definitely frustrating. Um, and I mean, there is one part in there where they have Porto's and Befica's uh, total revenue for the seventeen eighteen season, but they, it's not it's not broken down obviously because I don't think that they would have even had access to that. But it, it, the the difference between getting in the Champions League and not getting in the Champions League, I think, is what it's really is the difference. Yeah, because. We were like we were like a hundred million behind Benfica and like you know like eighty million behind Porto, and basically that's the Champions League. That's sixty mil for getting in the group stage. So yep. if Benfica has sixty mil 
less and we have 60 mil more, I mean, that's a 120 million euro swing. It's like if they're con- if you're consistently in the Champions League every year, you, you're you're almost like increasing your revenue by like, you know, a, a third, 33 percent. We had 132 total, you know, revenue incoming, outcoming, everything was net 132. So, I mean, if you add 60 mil to that. I mean, that's like that's a very significant amount. And I think that that is that's the difference between between, uh, you know, having that spending power and it's not only having that spending power, it's taking it away from one of your two rivals, you know? So I really think that that is the difference. And also, also don't, don't, um, don't forget that if you're in the Champions League, you're going to get better sponsors. True. Yeah, they'll have to pay more because now if, let's yeah. say if I, if I want to invest in Sporting, if I'm Puma, I'll say, you know what? You in the league at offer? Uh, I'll give you five million instead of ten because you're mm-hmm. only in league at offer. Agreed. Yeah, and that goes for the shirt sponsor too. You get that. You get way more exposure. You know. Of course. Yeah. And that and that's why some teams you notice that they have different sponsors for the European competitions, but then they have their same sponsor for the league of NOS. It's because they specifically negotiated likely a super lucrative deal because that company only wanted advertisement. In the Champions League, you know? Clyde, so, Clyde. Push. Agreed, agreed. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. Um, all right, guys. Uh, there's not really many other talking points. Um, we'll get uh, right into the Twitter questions before Mudalidades and the uh, Nacional away game. Um, so, first uh, Twitter question will come. Uh, there's a few here from uh, our boy Nunu Gabriel. At Cutty Valence on uh, on Twitter, um, Steph. I'll give this one to you. Or actually, it's a similar question you asked. You answered early, so I'll give this one to Chris. Actually, he asks now with Renan out, thanks to his wonderful red card. Should we give Max a shot in goal, or will Salem be the starter? Brackets, which is likely, which is likely what will happen. Um, so, what do you think, Chris? Uh, I agree with with Steph. I think that he's going to put Salan in. Uh, that's obviously the safe option. Um, I think it will be interesting to see who he brings as the backup. Will he bring Max to likely not play, but, you know, get experience traveling and being in the first team? Or will he let Max play for the U23s this weekend and bring Diogo Souza as the backup? Um, I honestly don't even think he's going to bring Max, and I think he's going to bring Diogo Souza as the backup. But I would not be opposed to, to Max coming as the backup and you know honestly i wouldn't even mind if he played but i just i don't think that that is gonna happen unfortunately agreed and i don't even think he's gonna go on the bench because the under 23s play braga uh the following day so yeah um, yeah if if we played at home maybe but since we're going to madeira uh, i think it's a tough ask um anyways next question uh from nuno gabriel uh he asks after philippe louise's performance the the last few games, do you think he deserves to be a starter after Bazdas comes back from injury, if he comes back? Um, we sort of already answered that, but Steph, and, you know, if you want to repeat your answer anyways, what do you think, bro? Well, it, uh, me and, uh, and, uh, and Chris, Chris and I, we were basically on the same page. Uh, yeah. we, I, we would let him stay, uh, start the game, and then uh, we'll see how it plays out. If uh, The second half, if he, if he doesn't do, show any... Uh, Production, then uh, we could sub him from Bas Dos. But now Bas Dos, he's got to go and get the the uh, his place back. 
Uh, but uh, as far as I'm concerned, Luis Felipe, he has earned to start at least the next game against Nacional. And worst yeah. case scenario, if he's not producing, then yeah, sub him with Vatos. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Uh, next question comes in from Kevin um, at Kev1NRouge6 on Twitter. Um, he's actually on, on, the, on the comments with us right now. Shout out to you, Kevin. Um, he asks, uh, I have two questions, one slightly irrelevant. Um, what would you say was the best Spartan team ever and what current players would you put into that team? That's a, that's a crazy question. Uh, I'll give it to both of you guys, but Steph, uh, I'll go with you first. So what do you think is the best team ever in Spartan? Since you're older well, than us, you might, you might know more years, you know? Well, without a question. Not an old, not an old joke, though. No, no, I know, I know. That's okay. That's fine. I mean, uh, the the, the, be, the best sporting team we ever had was uh, with Shink uh, Village. That's one sporting mm. was uh, was was at his very high, winning almost every goddamn championship. We we won four championships in a row. We won uh, Tasa de Tasas, our only international trophy that we have in our museum. Uh, but hey. That Tasa de Tassas is an official uh, trophy, is recognized by the UEFA. It's not like uh, a Tasa Latina, the, our neighbors claim it's a, an international trophy. That year, they were not even champions of Portugal, and they were invited for hmm. that trophy. Um, so, our trophy matters. So, I would say Cinco Fulins. Uh, if I could have a, a couple players back, uh, I would love to see uh, um, Vox, uh, the uh, center back from uh, the Netherlands. Uh, mm -hmm. Great center back. Uh, uh, I would love to see Vitor Damas as, as in goalie. Um, I would love to see Manuel Fernandes as a player, not as a commentator. As a player. I got a Tiago Fernandes as a ball boy, not as a coach. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, you know, I still have a couple. Um, I I love to see. Um, uh, what was his name? I, I got to mischaser. Uh, mm. He had he had a, 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 a lot of a lot of finesse playing playing football. He, he was an amazing player. You could say old I am if I remember these names. Um, but, you know, th this is a place I would love to see. Uh, Rosenbach, I like them too. He had un pet canyon. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's players that you, you'll, never, you'll never forget. Acosta, I like them. A lot of Sportingistas didn't like him. But that's when he broke the, uh, the, the evil spell that we couldn't win after 18 years uh, with Acosta. Um, and of course, Jardel, he was an amazing player for Sporting. Uh, just to name a few, because I could go on and on. We'll be here for another podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds good. How about you, Chris? Uh, I mean, obviously, my uh, experience is shorter than that. So I'll just go off of like what I've seen personally. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, he's not as he's not as old as I am. Holy shit! Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, yes. Yeah, I mean that 2004-2005 team uh, obviously uh, went to some pretty great heights. Obviously, they didn't win anything because yeah. they they bottled everything at the end. Um, but those are still some of my favorite uh, some of my favorite players. 
Um, you know, Anderson Polga, uh, Liedson. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Andre yeah. Cruz. Oh, yeah. Even, yeah. even Ricardo. I really liked Ricardo. Yeah, true. In goal. I, I mean, I'd kill to have him in his prime in goal instead of fucking Renan Redvedo. It's not even close. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I mean, those are some some great uh, one of some great uh, you know team that I remember, and, and even that even that uh, fifteen sixteen team that should have yeah. won the title was uh, was a really well put together team. Um, you know, João Mario, Adrian Silva, um, mm-hmm. uh, Teo Gutierrez, yeah, Teo Slimani. Uh, I mean, that, that was a really that was a really damn good team. Um, yeah, so, you know, those are, those are probably some of my, my two favorite, uh, teams. Yeah. But now, but now my question to you guys is, and I just want two names for each one of you. It just popped up in my head. Um, so which two players you wouldn't like to see at Sporting at all? Don't matter how good they are, which I'll, I'll make it three. Which three players? Ever? Sorry, you cut off. I didn't. I didn't. Yeah, quite ever, hear you. Ever. Can you repeat that? Which three players you you don't want to see back at Sporting ever, ever again? All right, João Moutinho. Uh, I want to say Rui Patricio, but I kind of buy. I'm not too sure. I did three years, so it's kind of hard. Um, fuck. I'm trying to think of awful. Oh, that Siani guy. That only played for like a game on preseason and then left. He was pretty bad. And uh, um, Andre Carillo. <laughs> yeah, fuck that guy. Too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fuck that guy. Hey, that's good choices. I like it. Uh, <laughs> for me, uh, one of my least favorite players of all time. Uh, I don't even know if he's still playing or not. I mean, he might be in, like, the Balkans somewhere. But uh, Simeon Vucevic, he, he – I mean, he wasn't even that bad. He just pissed me off, like, endlessly. He was super annoying. Uh, he stole that PK that one time from Matias Fernandes. Yeah. Um, who, I mean, I'd, I'd love to have him back, too. Like, maybe, like, a couple years ago. Not Matias yeah. Fernandes of now. That's, you know, back in, like, Chile, I believe. Um mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, who else do I not have fond memories of? Um, well, I guess it's not just having fond memories, but like wouldn't want them back. Um, I don't, I mean, I, I did like Adrian Silva, um, and there was you know rumors of him coming back, but I mean, for what we would have to pay or whatever, and the way he left, uh, I have no interest in bringing him back. And, uh, you know, João Moutinho is a really good shout because, yeah, obviously he, he's great and he's still great even though he's older. But, yeah, he, he's an absolute traitor. Um, and then one more. Uh, oh, uh, do you guys remember uh, Deku's uh, brother-in-law, Alexandru? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. He was like, that guy was shit. He was, like, kind of fat. Yeah, and that was like one of the worst sporting teams ever. Yeah, and yeah, that guy was a fucking nightmare. Um, so I, I mean, there is no way that guy's playing anymore, even if he's like thirty, because <laughs> he's probably like two hundred fifty pounds by now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's he's our version of uh, of Kleber that that Porto have. He, yeah. He's been on the books 
for, for Porto for like years. Um, anyways, next question. Same better, from Kevin. Better, better, better. Oh, sorry, better. Steph. Yeah, 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 yeah. My bad, my bad, my bad. So, Go me, I, w- I would say all the fucking players that we signed with Sporting will make but, that one. Yeah. Yeah, all these motherfuckers, it's one. Uh, hmm. they, they could all die today. I wouldn't feel sorry for them whatsoever. <laughs> to tell the truth. Um, then, João Moutinho, of course, another piece of shit. Uh, of também pode ir para o caralho. Uh, and the other one would be Pangol. Remember Pangol? Yeah. 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 Yes, yeah. and I'm a Pangol. And yeah, French. I mean, apparently he played in the French uh, A team once as the uh, the ball catcher. Okay, right? and um, and then I'll say one more. You guys, I, I'm amazed you guys didn't say Kishtens. Wait, please tell. Of- Oh, yeah, yeah, him too. Ah, oh, no, he's a god. He must have been the best player in training. I'm convinced. Because <laughs> in the games, no, we not that. But in training, buddy, who did we We fucking shipped off um, Justin Dalla and kept fucking Castanhos, bro? He had to be sick. Only Pazedo, man. Only Pazedo. O Castanho era crack. He acertou nos cones. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, that's it. That's my choices. <laughs> all right. Uh, next question from Kevin. Uh, we'll we'll steamroll these next ones. Uh, if Quatch was to leave, how much would you ask for, and who would did you, you replace him with? Uh, sorry, Chris. Did, did you guys see that video that came up of Sinama Pungol a couple months ago? Of him, like he's like thirty-one and he's unsigned. He's like trying. No, I didn't see that. To get back with a club of him, like doing exercises <laughs> in his backyard by the pool. Oh, it is so funny. He's like, he's like volleying the ball and like in the pool. I'll, I'll try to find it and uh, post it on the Twitter account later because it All is right. hilarious, especially when you consider the context. Yeah, yeah. Text of like who he is and how bad he was. The fact that he's like working out like in his backyard trying to get signed and like posting the shittiest video of all time is so classic. <laughs> Sounds good. Um, sorry. So next question from from Kevin. Uh, he asked if <laughs> if Quatch were to leave, how much would you ask for? Um, so uh, Chris, I'll give that one to you. Uh, I think I think uh, twenty mil is fair. Yeah. Uh, uh, um, and then I think 25 mil is a really good deal if we're going to add in that, like, uh, you know, like, you know, maybe like Russian or English right. league, you know, like inflation rate. But to like most normal teams, I think. Yeah, I'd agree. Is, uh, is if, if Valencia really do want them, yeah, I'd, I'd take 20 mil from them as well. Um, next question uh, for you, Steph. If you're Jovan Cabral and you're getting the treatment he's been receiving recently, why would you stay at Spartan? Ooh. It's a spicy question. Yeah, because you have a contract. That's why you say Spartan. You have a contract, so you have to stay, buddy. Uh, No, jokes aside. Um, uh, Well, I don't know what goes on on a daily basis, on a a weekly basis. So uh, I'm pretty sure the coach talks to him. uh, Let's not forget, he uh, he got promoted to the A-team just last year. So, with that said, he's still being called for every game. He makes his squad list. 
So it, it ain't that bad of a deal. He's still learning with the veterans. So he's getting the exposure he needs on on a daily. It's just not a, the, the, he's not getting a lot of minutes on the official uh, game itself. But he's practicing with the A team. So he's le- learning a lot from all of his colleagues and the coaching staff. So uh, he, knows, he knows better than anybody. He should wait until next year and see what goes on. And then next year, of course, if, if they don't bet on him, m- maybe he could pressure to leave Sporting. But, you know, I'm sick of that too, though. Like, you have to respect your contracts. Um, yeah. You know, and wait until you sold or somebody's interested in you. And that's the bottom line. But I'm pretty sure that Kaiser likes him. Because if he didn't like him, he would be uh, demoted to the uh, under-23 team. So it's just a question of uh, timing. And Kaiser, you could see, he likes the veteran players better, the ones with more experience, the ones that can handle the pressure a little bit better. Because he's been giving Giovanni a lot of chances. And then every time he gives him chances, he prefers to dribble. And he dribbles the ball and he loses the ball. It looks like he's not learning what the coach is, is, is telling him to do. And I think that's why he doesn't start more games because he's, uh, I think he puts his head down and he goes for and he, he forgets everything the coach told him, which is look with your head up and then pass the ball and uh, quick t- touches. I mean, that's what I would tell him. I think he dribbles too much um, and he loses the ball too much and that's why he doesn't start as often as he should. Yeah, agreed. And uh, Steph, I'll pass it off to you. Um, take us through our Moodle Dodge this weekend, bro. Oh, Steph and Steph, back to back. <laughs> I wasn't counting on that. I thought I had a little break. I'm thirsty. My bad, uh, bro. Take a sip of water. You've earned it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, 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 caralho. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Esqueci, meu. Esqueci-me que a tua vida é só putas e vinho verde, man. I wish. I wish. <laughs> I'm kidding, bro. I'm kidding. No, I know. I know you can. Um, so basically, so let's go. Let's go. Let's go. The uh, sub 15, which is Iniciados, we tied 3 3 against Football Club Porto. It was a great game on Sporting TV. Great game. We were, lo- we were losing the, the entire game. The entire game. 1 0, 2 1, 3 1. Then we, we, Joseph did a 3-2, and then our captain tied the game towards the end, 3-3. So that's a good result. Um, our sub-17 um, Juvenis, we won 2-0 two, two against Vitória de Guimarães. That's a big win away. They always have a tough team. Um, then our sub-19, we got spanked. We got spanked, smashed, smashed by Befica 4-1. Um, I don't know what's going on with the under-19 uh, team, but we're not looking good this year at all because this is not the first time that we lose by uh, a lot of goals. Uh, can, I can remember a couple of weeks ago, we lost against Football Club Port 5-1. So um, they have to revisit the coaching staff and uh, the scouting department has to... I don't know what's going on because last year, the Juvenis, we were champions. So... I don't know if we lost a lot of players or a lot of players were promoted to the sub-23 team, but our under-19, they look like garbage. And I'll call it the way it is. Uh, Sporting Ops uh, in the sub-under-23, we won 4-3 against Ops. What a game again. That was a beautiful game. Seven goals. Nail-biter. Yeah, you could never complain with seven goals. And 
And a special mention to Pedro Mendes, who I think is uh, proving his worth more and more. And I think uh, we should definitely have a look at him, at least in the preseason next season, you know? Most Sorry, but go ahead. No, 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 of course. No, I mean, like he, you can interrupt me as many times as you want. Um, so we are in third place with 36 points. Behind Avs in second place, they have 38. And then Riwav in first place with 40 points. So... If we didn't lose against Riwab uh, two weeks ago, we would have been at least uh, only three points behind instead of four. So, so we depend on a lot, of, a lot of factors to win this league. I don't think we will. I think Riwab and Abs, they, they will fight among them too. Uh, because Riwab will play Bifika next. And Bifika, they're in last place. They, um, they basically... Um, Promoted too many people to the A squad, and, and now their team looks like garbage, but not by default. I'm not defending them, but you know, it's just the way it is. Um, and our next game will be against Braga, so another difficult game. And then our senior team, we won 3 1 against Avs, we all know that. Our female team won 2 0 against Valadars, so we're still two points behind Sporting Club de Braga. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, there's only three games left. Um, if it stays the way it is, Braga in first and us in second, only two points apart. The last game, guess what? It's in Braga against Sporting Braga. But the kicker is we, we, we will need to win at Braga. And Braga is looking really strong, so we'll have to win. Um, and that, we have to win by three goals, actually, three goals. Uh, futsal seniors, we won 10 2 against Brazil. Uh, so we're still in second place behind Benfica, uh, just by two points. Um, so I, I think it's going to stay the way it is. But even if Benfica finishes in first place, it doesn't matter because we're going to a playoff mode. Yeah. Um, and so quickly, uh, Deo also just signed a, a new contract with their futsal team, too, which is really indeed. good news. Indeed, indeed. Uh, so uh, our ladies in futsal, they finally won two nothing against Gupileira. Um, and ball, we didn't play. Okay, Patins, we played only in the youth league. Uh, we won in uh, school arts, which is in uh, school level six four against Rifica. Uh, Juveni six uh, three away against Pasos de Arco. And uh, we lost against uh, uh, Football Club Porto, 7-4 in juniors. Volleyball, we got spanked 3-0 against uh, Benfica. I watched the game on TV and I regretted it because we lost pretty bad. Uh, the ladies won 3-1 against Praiense. Great victory. Um, our uh, table tennis, we won... Three, uh, we won uh, three one against uh, uh, Campinas Equipa. No, that's uh, and that's it. That's all I got, guys. Oh, uh, somebody's driving. Yeah, must be Chris from from work. Oh, okay. It's all good. Um, What's up? It's all good. Yeah. Uh, so, Ineta Sound, Sporting became champions uh, again for the eighth year in a row. Nice. And, All right. Uh, nope. That's it. That's it. That's it. Thank you a lot, Steph. 
Um, and now to our last segment. Uh, we play Nacional away on Friday, oddly enough. Um, 1 p.m. here in the East Coast, 6 over in uh, Portugal. Um, Chris, take me through your preview and prediction of the Nacional game. Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously they're another team that's down in the bottom. Struggling. Uh, uh, obviously we're going to be, um, so, oh yeah, yeah, I, for their lives but um yeah it's super uh it's and uh and for us and who did sorry you got yeah yeah sorry i I kept on it kept on cutting off for me um chris fine go go ahead can you hear me can you hear me can i hear you yes Okay, sorry. My internet today yeah, yeah, is uh, fucking ridiculously stupid. Um, anyway, Steph, what's your uh, preview and prediction of this? Not, dude? I think. Um, Steph? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We will, we will win, and uh, I would say, uh, I'll say three-one against Nacional. One. Uh, I'm also gonna go. I'm gonna go with another uh, with uh, with Steph a two a three one win, um, simply because uh, you know, Sporting. Although lately we've been able to keep a clean sheet, as uh, for a long time we haven't been able to. So uh, I'll go with a three one win. Um, and before we go off, just because I see Steph in the ch- uh, sorry not Steph Josie in the chat, uh, yo Josie, hopefully this camera will work soon. Yo Josie, Leafs buddy. Sorry, now let's get back to Sporting. Um, uh, anyways, guys, <laughs> unless anything else to say. I got one more thing. Sporting, Go for it, stuff. Sporting won in football. The, the Braes uh, beat soccer 11-4 against Mariti. Beautiful. All right. And with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, thank you for joining us for yet another Sporting 160N podcast. Uh, hopefully the next podcast, my internet won't be retarded, but, um, knowing, knowing Mr. Rogers up here, like Steph likes to call it, it probably will. Um, anyways, guys, thank you for listening. Um, you know, follow us on Twitter as always at Spartan 160 underscore EN, uh, for the latest updates and, uh, Mr. And, Mr. Uh, Mr. Roger, Mr. Roger, you know, my internet, bro. What you call it, that? Uh, how do you call it? Seriously. It's Rogers. It's just Rogers, yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, I, th- I thought it was, I thought it was uh, Mr. Rogers. Technically, I mean, I mean technically, like a, the TV it show. Is Mr. Yeah. Isn't it, isn't <laughs> it a, a cheeseburger place? No, it's up here too, yeah. A cheeseburger place, man. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's why my internet sucks, you know? <laughs> they selling cheeseburgers. You <laughs>
I think so, bro. <laughs> Fuck, man. It's ridiculous. Fuck this. Anyways, guys, thank you very much for joining us. And as always, viva o Sporting. Sempre, viva o Sporting. Resta a conversa. <laughs>